Get ready to hear the truth about America on a show that's not immune to the facts with your host, Dan Bongino. So I think it's fairly transparent and obvious at this point that Twitter, Facebook, they just don't care about the president anymore. They just don't care. I, I wish I could tell you otherwise. I was talking to another radio host yesterday uh, and he was. we were texting back and forth. He said, you believe it? You believe it? Twitter is now stopping the Trump team from posting and, and threatening and suspending their account, the Team Trump account, the campaign account. In other words, Twitter is purposely injecting themselves into a campaign. And sadly, folks, and I do mean sadly, I was like, yeah, yeah, that's how. Like, it's not even news anymore. You have a major social media company interfering in a presidential campaign. I, I warned you. I'm going to get to that. I'm going to get to the Sally Yates hearing, which the media didn't cover. The fireworks were amazing. Of course, the mainstream media avoided it. I got that a story on the economy, too, that should um, maybe put a little bit of a smile on your face. Today's show brought to you by ExpressVPN. Ladies and gentlemen, I, my smart uh, listeners out there, they have a VPN so they can surf the web with peace of mind. Get a VPN today. Go to expressvpn.com slash Bongino. Don't wait. Welcome to the Dan Bongino Show. Busy, busy day today. We'll be recording mm. our interview with Sean Hannity later. So producer Joe, how are you today? Fine, sir. I know you're loaded up with cool, work today. Cool, groovy, and everything in between there, daddy-o. Yes, Ready to man. go. Because I know this you. is we a big appreciate show. appreciate that. Good. Mm -hmm. Yeah, 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 this is loaded. Joe had to cut it. We actually did some of the video last night so mm. we could get going and record with Hannity today a little bit oh, early. Nice. All right, let's get right to it. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be fun. You're not going to want to miss yeah. that, folks. Today's show brought to you by my friends at Teeter. Listen, I can't say enough about my next sponsor. The Teeter Inversion Table really did change my life. I have really bad arthritis. I've had back surgery. You don't need to hear my whining. But what does it do? It's an inversion table. It uses gravity in your own body weight to decompress your spine and relieve pressure on your discs and surrounding nerves. I decompress twice a day, once in the morning and after my workout. Sometimes I do it at night as well before I go on TV because it gives me, I don't know, kind of a teeter high. I don't know any other way to describe it. Maybe it's the increased blood flow to your brain. I don't know what it is, but I feel great coming off it. Uh, it's really helpful for my back and my hips and my shoulders where I can just kind of let them hang for a little while. If you have back pain, even if you don't have back pain, get a teeter invert every day and keep your back and joints feeling great, healthy, and nice and supple. I feel like a new man and a young man when I get off that thing. It's good for my shoulders too. It's the best inversion table on the market. Over 3 million people have put their trust in teeter. They've been the best known name in inversion tables since 1981. For a limited time, you can get Teeter's new upgraded model of the inversion table, the Teeter Fit Spine with the bonus accessories. It has stretch max handles, so you can get a little extra stretch in your spine and an easy reach ankle system. You just put your ankles in, table turns, turn upside down, and you easily pop right back up. They have thousands of reviews on Amazon. They're rated 4.9 stars. And with this deal, you get $150 off when you go to teeter.com slash Dan. You get free shipping, free returns, a 60-day money-back guarantee, so there's no risk for you to try it out. Remember, you can only get the new Teeter Fit Spine Inversion Table plus the free inversion program map by going to Teeter, T-E-E-T-E-R.com slash Dan, Teeter.com slash Dan. This thing's pretty awesome. It's a great addition to any home gym. Keep your back and uh, spine feeling young. Teeter.com slash Dan. All right, Joe, let's go. All right, ding, ding. So before we get started on the Sally Yates stuff, which the mainstream media conveniently ignored because it's a devastating narrative, you know, the big narrative that Barack Obama was the most corrupt president in United States history. They want to avoid that. They want to keep that uh, that uh, that label on Nixon, of course, because he was a Republican. Uh, just quickly on the Twitter thing. So Twitter suspended Team Trump's account, not Donald Trump's specific account on Twitter, but Team Trump's account. I'm just going to leave this here. I've warned you repeatedly and I'll warn you again. 
It is only a matter of time. My good friend Joe Pags and radio has a radio show as well. He is suspended as well for daring to post about hydroxychloroquine. You're not allowed to do that. You know, we're, we're back in the dark ages again. Folks, I am an owner of Parlor. I think you know that. I've disclosed it a thousand times. I'm just telling you there is an alternative out there to their BS. Parlor, P-A-R-L-E-R. Go check it out. We are exploding. We're closing in on 4 million users now. There's a reason. It's because people are tired of this nonsense and people are finding on Parlor more engagement. Go check it out. And don't put up with this Twitter stuff. Why? Why? Why are we doing this? They really can't stand you. And Jack, the owner of Twitter, Jack Dorsey, doesn't care. He doesn't care one bit what you think. He's making a lot of money from his other enterprises. He doesn't care. Twitter's like a plaything for him. Just putting that out there because it's not going to stop. There is a market alternative. Check out Parler. We'd love to have you over there. All right, let me get to this. And uh, this is important. So yesterday, Sally Yates, who was a Department of Justice official, intimately involved in the spying operation on the Trump team. She actually signed some of the warrants to spy on the Trump team and the investigation into Mike Flynn, which she amazingly doubled down on yesterday, despite the Flynn case being entirely discredited. Let's get to the video. I've got four or five clips from this yesterday. Uh, here is Yates doing uh, what is now going to be the liberal police state Democrats' new tactic. These are sick people. Um, they're deranged. They have serious, serious issues. Um, they're looking to institute police state tactics and abuses of power as a new means of doing business. Liberals, that is, not us conservatives. We respect, you know, the rule of law and that kind of thing. You know, you know what I'm saying, Joe? That kind of old, old fashioned stuff, yeah. rule of law, liberty, big yeah, R, yeah, constitutional, yeah. God given right, that kind of, you know, <laughs> all pass, so passe, so passe. <laughs> so here's Yates yesterday. They know they're busted. They know they spied on Trump. Yates knows she signed the warrant to spy on Trump. So what are they going to do now? They need a fall guy. Remember that show, The Fall Guy? That was a great show, oh, wasn't yeah. it? They Need a Fall Guy. That, I love mm -hmm. that show. They Need a Fall Guy, too. That theme song was the best. So their fall guy is going to be, drum roll, please, Jim Comey. Now, Jim Comey, as you well know, I am no fan of. Jim Comey it was a, a, the... Pro not possibly, was the worst FBI director in history, intimately involved in the spying operation on Trump. But Comey didn't do it alone. Yates and them know that Jim Comey isn't liked on either side of the aisle. The Hillary team hates him, uh, hates him because he started the email investigation and didn't stop it in time. And obviously the Trump team and Republicans can't stand him because he was responsible for the spying operation on the Trump team. So here's Yates figuring out Comey's a convenient fall guy. And listen to this back and forth with Lindsey Graham, where she's getting ready to throw Jim Comey under the bus. Check this out. Here's what I want to understand. It's a counterintelligence investigation that led to the interview. You didn't authorize the interview. As a matter of fact, you wanted to go to the White House and tell them about the problem, didn't you? That's right. I did. I thought that that was the more immediate issue. And when you when, when you heard about the interview, you got upset, didn't you? I was upset that Director Comey didn't coordinate that with us and acted unilaterally. Yes, I was. Okay. Did Comey go rogue? Then you could use that term. Yes. There we go. There we go. So just to be clear, Sally Yates from the Department of Justice, former she doesn't work there anymore former Department of Justice official who personally signed a couple of these FISA warrants to spy on the Trump team and was there and could have shut down this Flynn, Mike Flynn witch hunt immediately and did nothing, 
is now throwing Comey under the bus as if Comey was the only one who had anything to do with it. He goes, oh, yeah, he went rogue. I wrote here, but it was the Department of Justice that signed off on the warrant to spy on the Trump team. And by the way, the origins of these entire investigations were political. Hillary Clinton's team paying a foreign spy to gin up this information on Trump. But don't worry, Joe, Comey did the whole thing. It was cool. But don't mistake this for a defense of Comey. The mm. worst FBI director in human history, a, a corruptocrat in and of himself, a yeah. swamp rat of the highest order, and an egomaniac narcissist. But if you think Jim Comey was the only one responsible, <laughs> despite the fact that the Department of Justice signed off on this, and the origins were from the Clinton campaign, John Brennan, and the Obama team, you are seriously insane. So get ready. I warned you. We're really good here at preparing you for narratives, right? The narrative going forward is going to be, it wasn't the Obama team. It was a rogue FBI director. The Obama team appears in FBI texts. Remember that? The lead investigators for Trump, the White House is running this. The POTUS wants to know everything we're doing. POTUS, President of the United States, was Obama at the time. Remember that? Andrew McCabe uh, emailing Lisa Page saying, hey, we got to go over to the White House with the CIA and speak with one voice on this. Remember all that? Remember the uh, Peter Stroke notes? Obama said, put the right people on this. They have to separate you from Obama. They don't want, they want Obama in a bubble. They're going to blame this whole thing on Comey. Get ready. I've never, I've never steered you wrong with narratives, have I? What did I tell you the other day about the unemployment benefit study from Yale, right? How it was total garbage. They included only full-time workers. I'm watching Fox this morning. They have this, uh, po- uh, this Democrat political talking head on. What does he say? This unemployment benefit's not going to affect people going back to work. Look at the Yale study. I warned you on the show the other day. I always, if you're listening to the show, you're, you're seriously, you're ahead of everything. Get ready for the new narrative. Comey did it. Comey did it. That's going to be it. And they're going to back off. All right, let's go to uh, uh, video number two. Now, they can't only insulate, uh, insulate Obama. They have to insulate Biden too. Why? Because Biden's running for president against Trump and they hate Donald Trump. And even though they know Biden was knee deep in this whole thing too, the spying operation on Trump team and the takedown of Flynn, Uh, Sally Yates' job up there is to lie, obfuscate, and make sure Obama and Biden don't get politically hurt from this. Here's her, uh, Sally Yates, trying to protect Biden, who we know is in an Oval Office meeting when they're talking about targeting Mike Flynn on January 5th of 2017. We know Biden's there. We have multiple notes suggesting he's there. We have a note from Peter Stroke suggesting it's Biden who suggests they go after Flynn using the ridiculous Logan Act. Yates can't have that, so she has to lie. So she goes up on Capitol Hill and here's her protecting Biden. Remember, keep in mind during this line of questioning. We know from the FBI's own notes that it's Biden in the Oval Office who suggests they should target Mike Flynn for prosecution using the ridiculous Logan Act. We know that from the FBI's own notes. Watch her lie and say, oh, I don't really know who what Biden said, if he said anything at all. And then watch what happens in the middle of it. The Democrats get really nervous that Biden's going to be implicated in this thing. And you'll see Patrick Leahy interject and say, stop harassing her. She's a woman, basically. Check this out. Now, let's talk about a January 5th meeting. Uh, was the vice president there? Yes, he was. Okay. Did he mention the Logan Act? You know, I don't remember the vice president saying much of anything in this meeting. So you don't remember him mentioning the Logan Act? No, I don't. Did anybody mention the Logan Act? 
I have a vague memory of Director Comey mentioning the Logan Act. Okay, what I'm was he sure mentioning the Logan Act about? In what context? Well, that's, I'm not sure if he mentioned that in the Oval Office meeting or in the meeting that he what and I What do you I think about the, the Mr. Chairman, let her answer the question. Uh, Just because it's a woman testifying doesn't mean she has to be cut yeah, off. Yeah, thanks a lot, Senator Lee. I really appreciate that. You're very constructive. So here's my question. Was the Logan Act mentioned in the meeting? I don't. I recall Director Comey mentioning it at some point. What I'm not sure about, Senator Graham, and I want to be oh, absolutely fair. Sorry. That's fair. Uh, I, I, you don't know if it's mentioned in the meeting or not. You, <laughs> sometimes I wish we could stop videos. We can, but Paula does. I have to tell her. You see it halfway through? Comey did it. Comey did it. No, Comey mentioned the Logan Act. Ladies and gentlemen, don't get confused by if you are a new listener with no political experience or background in any of this case at all, just know one thing. The Obama administration targeted and spied on multiple Trump campaign officials. One of them, the former DIA director, Mike Flynn, who was Trump's national security advisor. Obama team spied on their political opponents. One of the ways to spy on them was to suggest prosecuting Mike Flynn for the Logan Act a ridiculous unconstitutional law that has never been successfully used in the history of the United States that says basically you can't talk to foreign officials involving disputes in the United States. Dennis Rodman would be in jail if the Logan Act was real. It's a nonsense charge. FBI, the FBI notes suggest that it was Biden who suggested this witch hunt of Mike Flynn using the Logan Act. Yates knows that's a big deal because Biden's running for president. So she says, no, uh, I don't remember Biden bringing up the Logan Act. Matter of fact, he didn't say anything. Joe, he's totally innocent. Totally innocent. Forget. Wall him off. It was Comey. Comey did it. Comey. Um, that's interesting. And then you notice Leahy, the Democrat senator, panics on this line of questioning. She says, stop harassing her because she's a woman. What? What? This uh, harass because she's a woman? She was one of the most powerful people in the United States. She's up there to answer quite you damn well better answer them. Now showing you how bad this Logan Act, how Biden was the one who brought up witch hunting Flynn on a, a Logan Act, that a, a legal absurdity no serious person would ever think of. Here's why they're in trouble with this and why Yates is desperately trying to obfuscate here and cover up what's going on. Remember this New York Post article? Be in the show notes, by the way. Bongino.com slash newsletter. If you want to read the show notes, the newsletter is the same thing. New York Post. Joe Biden may have personally raised the idea to investigate Mike Flynn. New York Post. Oh, boy. That sounds really bad, especially considering the fact they had no actual information to investigate Mike Flynn for. Kind of sounds like police state stuff, doesn't it? It was Joe Biden's idea. Let's go to a screenshot from the piece. Now you see why this Logan Act thing and who brought it up was a really big deal and Yates has to spin a rooski? A partially blacked out copy of Strokes Notes. This is the FBI agent investigating Flynn. Is attached to the filing and includes a mention that appears to say VP. Logan Act. Whoa. It appears that Biden personally raised the idea of the Logan Act. Defense lawyers uh, Benell and Sidney Powell wrote. That became an admitted pretext to investigate General Flynn. It also contradicts Biden's claim of total ignorance regarding the Flynn probe when he was vice president, which he was asked about in an interview with George Stephanopoulos. Folks, Biden's in real trouble here. 
I just want to point out to you one more thing that Undercover Huber, one of the great social media accounts out there, I encourage you to follow, pointed out a month ago, um, and I discussed it on the show, how Biden, really a mental midget who's losing it by the day. But even when Biden was all there, he was not a particularly bright guy. This is a we'll put you back in chains guy. Undercover Huber brought up the fascinating idea that Biden, who wanted Flynn prosecuted for the absurd Logan Act and may be knee deep in this witch hunt, that he may have gotten the idea from his legal advisor, chief of staff, high profile lawyers. No. Biden may have gotten the idea from the TV show, The West Wing. Fascinating. Biden's given speeches before that closely resemble speeches given on the television show, The West Wing, about the White House. One of the final episodes called Transition of The West Wing, the TV show, it comes up that they should investigate the incoming administration for the Logan Act. Wouldn't it be incredible if creepy, sleepy Joe got the idea and suggested they prosecute Mike Flynn, a decorated three-star lieutenant general, for the Logan Act from a TV show, it would totally fit with the Biden MO. All right, moving on. Here's Yates going on again, getting caught cold busted in a lie by Ted Cruz, who did a phenomenal job yesterday. You know, I love to watch Sally Yates go back and forth with people of superior intellects like Mike Lee, Ted Cruz, Josh Hawley, and others. Uh, Sally Yates is clearly an inferior lawyer and an inferior intellect who can't even lie that well. So she's asked here about surveilling the Trump campaign and she pulls this stunt I warned you about, gosh, four years ago. We weren't spying on the Trump campaign. We were spying on Carter Page. Yeah, who worked for the Trump campaign. Yeah, but he had left. Yes, but you got his emails from when he was with the Trump campaign. She tries this stunt. I'm going to debunk it in a second, but Sally Yates isn't that smart. Can't figure that out. Of course, she's not that bright. An inferior at best intellect. Here, Ted Cruz catches her in a lie. This is just wonderful. Check this out. Miss Yates, when did you first become aware that the Obama administration was surveilling the Donald Trump campaign? The Obama administration was not surveilling the Donald Trump campaign. So a FISA application is not surveillance? The FISA application was for Carter Page, who was a former member of the Trump campaign at that point. So, so your testimony is that, that, that the investigation in Carter Page had nothing to do with the Donald Trump campaign? No, I'm suggesting you ask me if we were surveilling the campaign. You, you don't get and it I both said, ways. Is it the campaign or not? Senator, I'm trying to give you what is the accurate information here. Carter Page was a former member of the Trump campaign at the time that the FISA was initiated. And, and what was the reason for the FISA on Carter Page? There were a number of reasons. First, we had gotten the information that I was trying to point out here, that the Russians had made the overture that they wanted to be able to assist the Trump campaign. Now, hold on, you said it had nothing to do with the Trump campaign. I said that he was not a member of the Trump campaign at the time that we initiated the uh, FISA. Uh, uh, listen, I, I, Cruz's acuity, legal abilities, debate skills, are an A++, whether you support the man or not. I, I actually endorsed him early in the presidential campaign. Um, Sally Yates is or not. Sally Yates is not even a good liar. No, no, no. We got a warrant on Carter Page. Why? 
Because he was a member of the Trump campaign, you numbskulls. Now, as for the lie that they weren't surveilling the Trump campaign, which Yates, who cannot tell the truth ever, no integrity at all. I mean, none. It's really disgusting. No integrity or dignity at all. Just come clean. You were spying on Carter Page only because he was a member of the Trump campaign. Right. Because you wanted to spy on the Trump campaign. Very simple. Good to have you back. Got nervous there. See, I Thank like you. that. You put a little, ah, think, oh, I know what you're doing there. We dropped out there. So Joe gave me a little like mental, uh, vocal cue. Excuse me. I'm back. Good catch. The kid is back. <laughs> yeah. Here is a photo of Jim Comey's own testimony suggesting that what Sally Yates said, we weren't spying on the Trump campaign, is a total lie. Here it is. Jim Comey himself. Quote. I have been authorized by the DOJ to confirm that the FBI, as part of our counterintelligence mission, is investigating the Russian government's efforts to interfere in the 2016 election. And that includes investigating the nature of any links between individuals associated with the Trump campaign and the Russian government. And whether there was any coordination between the campaign, 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 campaign and Russia's (laughs) efforts. Uh, again, Joe, these people think we're stupid. This is the problem with Sally Yates and why the media, but, but watching MSNBC, you think this hearing was a huge success for the Democrat. It's hilarious to watch. Mm-hmm. Hilarious to watch these idiots, Matthew Miller, the hapless sellout, Nicole Wallace. And again, these mental numbskulls with double digit IQs try to spin that comment like it was a success. It's an obvious lie. If you have any dignity at all, you'd be like, Miss Yates, that's not what the FBI who was conducting the investigation said. Jim Comey's sworn, raise your right hand testimony, said they were investigating the Trump campaign. So is Jim Comey lying or are you lying? You are, Yates, of course, because that's what you do. Because she has no, zero integrity at all. Is involved in the biggest, most corrupt spying operation in U.S. history and doesn't have the guts the dignity, the self-respect to just admit she did something really, really awful. I have zero, zero respect for Sally Yates. Governments fall and tyrannies sprout like chia pet seeds because of people like Sally Yates. I'm not kidding. With zero dignity and self-respect. All right. Um, you know what? Let me get to my second sponsor. I got two more videos I want to get to. One where she basically it's funny. She at one point, Joe, she says, Comey did it. Comey screwed the whole thing up. And then on the other hand, she's like, no, no, we relied on the FBI for everything because they're so great. Well, what is Jeez. it? Does Comey suck really bad or is the FBI great? She gets into that next. All right. Today's show also sponsored by our friends at Duke Cannon, a go-to, a go-to for date night in the bunch. You know, Saturday night, it is on like Donkey Kong. Paula's like this, yes, but not without Duke Cannon. Listen, most colognes are not proper fragrances. They're more like wearable chemtrails. They're terrible. Before you enter a room, the pungent stink is beating you there. And when you leave, it stays an extra 10 minutes. It's awful. The antidote to this insult on your senses is proper cologne from Duke Cannon Supply Company. This subtle line of senses made with clean, naturally derived fragrance oils. This is Sawtooth, my personal fave right here. They smell more like a man manhood, victory, and a hike on a mountain than a shortcut through the dreaded perfume section. And let us not forget, proper cologne is made in small batches. Smells smells great. Check this out. Look at this right here. Oh, 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 oh. Not only that, look at it. 
Paula, come smell this. This is so good. Plus, with an affordable price point, it's a top-shelf fragrance that won't leave you paying top dollar. We love it. It's always a big hit on date night in this house. <laughs> we hope you enjoy opening up their American-made products. Here's an empty one. They also have super thick body wash. I have it upside down because I used it all, and it's empty, and I'm trying to get the last sliver of it out. What You can smell it? You like that? Paula's wafting. She's wafting, and she loves it. Do Cannon's proper cologne, $25 each. A subtle, natural scent enhancer to be discovered, not announced. Clean, naturally derived fragrance oil, six cents to choose from. If you've had it with those ungodly aromas beating you to the room, it's time to get proper cologne by Duke Cannon. Don't wait. You'll hit it big with the people you want to hit it big with. Job interviews, dates, whatever it may be. Smell your best. Don't let your cologne announce your arrival. Let it demand your discovery. Go to DukeCannon.com. Use promo code Bongino10 for 10% off your next order. Free shipping with orders over $20. A selection of Duke Cannon's products is also available at your local Target. Go to DukeCannon.com. Promo code Bongino10, Bongino10, DukeCannon.com. And use promo code Bongino10. Love this stuff. It's the real deal. Seriously. Big hit on day night. Okay. Getting back to my... Sally Yates disaster up on Capitol Hill yesterday. So she lies about Comey. She lies about surveilling the Trump campaign. She lies about Biden. She lies about Obama. She just lies because she's really, she's good at one thing, Joe, and it's definitely lying. Yeah, baby. So here we go here, where she just told us in some of the clips you just saw how Comey did everything. Comey went rogue. Comey's FBI is awful. And we didn't do nothing. We don't know nothing. We didn't see what is it, Sergeant Schultz. Was that what that is? I don't know <laughs> yeah. nothing. I don't see nothing. Yeah, right. Was that what that is? Yeah. I don't know anything about anything. One of the most powerful justice officials in the United States amazingly doesn't know anything about anything. Either she's a moron or she's a corruptocrat tyrant. You pick. So here she says in this one, how amazingly the FBI, she said, was awful under Jim Comey and was so terrible and went rogue, how she relied on them for everything with the FISA warrant that she didn't even look at. Look, listen to this gem right here. Tell me every step you took to verify the, the accuracy of the Steele dossier. I relied upon the FBI as the fact finders here and the lawyers in the National Security Division to vet the accuracy of, of the FISA application. And All my job- made Trump, right? So just to be clear on this one, Comey's the bad guy. Comey's awful. The FBI's terrible and they all went rogue. But when you got a warrant on your desk to sign off on to literally not figuratively spy on a major party presidential campaign of the opposing political party of yourself, we know you're a diehard liberal, Sally. You relied completely on the FBI. You said went rogue and didn't didn't trust. And yet again, the lunatics at MSNBC, corruptocrat hack Andrew Weissman, police stater, Nicole Wallace, laughing stock of just about every serious person on either side of the aisle, and Matt Miller, who I didn't even know before this, looks like a vampire. Matt Miller are out there celebrating like this was a huge success. Sally Yates really rocked it yesterday. But uh, she did. What hearing did you watch? You knuckleheads, did you miss this? She just told you she the FBI went rogue. She basically doesn't trust Comey, totally throws him under the bus. Yeah. Suggests he was responsible for the Logan Act and all this terrible stuff. And then says, yeah, but when they put an application to spy on my desk on a presidential candidate, Joe, a little bit of a big deal? A little bit? Yeah. Maybe, right? Yeah. Spying on a presidential candidate. Yeah. You, Joe, if 
Now, Joe, I know you, I'm just a dopey former cop and you're just, of course, a silly radio, but what do we know about anything, right? But just checking, Joe, given that, you know, we're not that smart to figure that out, right? Just checking. If you were in Sally Yates' position and someone slot like this, Joe, slides across your desk an application to spy Mm. on the Democrat nominee for the presidency. Yeah. You think you might want to read it? I'm just asking, Joe. Just not a trick question. Yeah, it seems like one, but I'd check it out, man. You know, I'd check it out. Thank you. Yeah. Joe, quote, I'd check it out. Yeah. Not Sally Yates. She relies on Jim Comey, who she then told us is terrible. But she's brilliant. Sally, but according to MSNBC, she rocked it. Yeah, so good. So good. So good. All right, here's the last one. <laughs> I, I can't resist them. I wanted to play a bunch of clips of Hawley, who was great, Josh Hawley and Mike Lee and others. I really did. And maybe I'll get to that tomorrow because there was so much good stuff. But I can't go without playing a clip of the absolutely hapless Maisie Hirono, uh, radical far leftist senator from Hawaii who never, really, can't complete a sentence without face-planting herself completely. So here's Hirono spreading another myth again because one of two, there's only one of two options here. Maisie Hirono is either really dumb, which is a possibility, or number two, again, is a gifted liar like Sally Yates. Here's her spreading the myth that when Mike Flynn was interviewed at the White House by the FBI as the national security advisor, the interview he was charged with lying to the FBI about, here's her spreading the myth again that Mike Flynn lied about sanctions. He was never asked about sanctions. I'll prove it, but Maisie Hirono, again, is either a liar or can't read. So check this out. On uh, January 26, 2017, you warned the White House that... um President Trump's national security advisor, Michael Flynn, had lied and denying that he discussed U.S. sanctions with the Russian ambassador. And yes, he had a back channel uh, conversations going on. Uh, Did General Flynn pose a national security risk to the United States? That was certainly our concern, Senator, as that the Russians had leverage over General Flynn. And the Russians will use leverage whenever they can. And somebody as close to the president as being the national security advisor, I would say that uh, he posed a national security risk, and that is how I take your response. Okay, uh, that's interesting, because the day before the meeting, Sally Yates is at the White House discussing Flynn. The day before, the FBI closed out the or tried to close out the investigation against Flynn because he wasn't a national security risk. So again, Yates is a liar. Hirono is already a discredited liar. She's an embarrassment. She's really really not bright. That's why I'm I'm not, again, I don't think she's lying. I think she's just really not bright. Doesn't understand the case at all. She's a liar mm-hmm. too, but she's not bright. She's, Hirono's never been known as an intellectual beacon in the Senate, if you know what I mean. So she repeats the lie to which Yates, of course, another discredited liar, nods her head in approval. Flynn lied about sanctions. So just to be clear, the Democrat narrative that stupid people in the media repeat because they can't do basic homework is that Mike Flynn was asked about a conversation he had with the Russian ambassador about the sanctions the Obama administration imposed. And when Mike Flynn was asked about it by the FBI at the White House, that he lied. Well, in order to lie about talking about sanctions, you'd have to be asked about talking about sanctions, right? Yeah. I'm I'm just, I'm I'm just, okay, thanks, Joe. Just, just just checking. I needed that input there. So- yeah, we're going to lie about robbing a bank. In order to lie about robbing a bank, you have to be asked about robbing a bank, right? It's just kind of how that works. Um, again, liberals, I know this is hard for you. 
I'm, I'll, that's why I'm speaking slowly. The conservatives get this. They got this months ago, if not years ago. But for the liberals who can be quite dumb with your adamantium skulls to lie about sanctions, you have to be asked about sanctions, right? So let's look at the charging document that Mueller and his witch hunters, the corruptocrats, Andy Weissman and others, the charging document they put together when they charged Flynn for lying about sanctions, they didn't ask. You'll notice they include sanctions. This is the charging document. It says immediately after Flynn's phone call with the uh, transition team official, Flynn called the Russian ambassador and requested that Russia not escalate the situation and only respond to the U.S. sanctions in a reciprocal manner. So you're like, Dan, you lost. You lost. Hirono's telling the truth. Bob Mueller's team said that Mike Flynn lied about sanctions in their charging document. They did. Yeah, they did. Well, you would think then that the FBI's notes about their interview with Flynn, right? Their notes, which they put on a form called a 302. You would think their notes would actually include Mike Flynn's comments about sanctions, right? Now, ladies and gentlemen, to be clear, there were two executive orders by Obama. They were separate. One was expelling Russian diplomats, expulsions of Russian diplomats. The second was about sanctions. They were different. Bob Mueller, Sally Yates, and liar Maisie Hirono, not that bright, are claiming Flynn lied about the sanctions. They're even claiming it in charging documents. Well, let's look at the FBI's notes. Did they ever ask him about sanctions? Let's see. It says the interview agents asked Flynn if he recalled any conversation with Kislyak surrounding the expulsion of Russian diplomats. Okay, there's, no, I don't, do you see sanctions anywhere in there? I'm looking. Paul, you see it? Paul, Joe, do you see it? I'm, no, uh, you don't, right? No. Uh, you don't see it. Okay. No, me either. Okay. Clearly it's in part two of this, the FBI's notes, because hmm. they said they asked about sanctions. The expulsions were different, right? Let's go to part two. By the way, big hat tip my friend, Stephen McIntyre on Twitter, who's been all, follow him at Climate Audit. He's just fantastic on this. He's been all over this from day one. Huge hat tip. Uh, let's go to 302 part two. Let's look for sanctions here. The interviewing agents asked Flynn if he recalled any conversation with Kislyak with the expulsions. Here we go. Expulsions again. Talking about PNGs, persona non grata. Joe, you see sanctions anywhere? Joe, no, line by line, just go through sanctions. You know, it's Paula. Anything from you? No. Okay, now, so that's 0 for 2. Let's go to page, clearly on page 3, the word sanctions will definitely appear because he was charged with lying about sanctions that they must have asked him about because liar, uh, low, in, low IQ Maisie Hirono and discredited hoaxer Sally Yates said so. Um, and so did Mueller's hoaxer, Andy Weissman, who probably wrote that charging document. Let's go to 302, FBI interview, 302, huh. page three. Uh, the interview agents asked Flynn, if you recall, the incoming administration, but this is about expulsions. Expulsions. The expulsions were coming. Um, yep. Sanctions. Paula, again, I'll take a survey here. Do you see sanctions? Um, that's a no from Paula. That's a no from Paula. So that's me. Dan's got a no. Yep. Paula's got a no. Joe, line by the, you see the word sanctions Not anywhere in there? Just checking? Not a dang thing. Not a dang thing. Nope. What? But, but, now, was that a meatloaf song? Two out of three <laughs> yes, ain't bad. Was. was that meatloaf? Yes, it was. Now, now, three out of three in this case is really, but three out of three is really bad. Yeah. Maybe meatloaf should do a new version of that. So that's a three for three for three that the word sanctions doesn't appear anywhere. In other words, the FBI and the Department of Justice lied. Hapless, discredited collusion hoaxer Sally Yates and low IQ Maisie Hirono absolutely know that the FBI and Department of Justice, that someone did lie here, Joe. 
Yeah, Flynn, right? They charged him with lying. No, no, not Flynn. Mm -hmm. The Department of Justice and Mueller, who charged him with lying about something that was never even discussed. He pled guilty. Yes, he pled guilty because they were threatening his son, which he conveniently mentioned and you always leave out of your commentary. You know, he was defending his son. Something the low dignity, low IQ, zero integrity people at MSNBC and in the former Department of Justice under Barack Obama would never do. They'd throw their son right in jail because that's who they are. Well, you say, Dan, you know, maybe we should look at the transcript of Flynn's calls and the words. Say, he's definitely talking about sanctions in the transcript, right? They just kind of screwed up and confused the expulsions and the sanctions. Oh, we actually have the transcript. So let's look at that. I think this was undercover Hoover, by the way. This may be the conservative treehouse guys who had these highlights. So I always like the hat tip. I just had them sitting in my photos file for so long. So here we go. This is the conversation in question. This is the FBI's uh, notes on the transcript. Kislyak says he hears Flynn and will try to uh, try people in Moscow, try to get people in Moscow to understand. Flynn repeats, uh, asking to reciprocate moderately because if Moscow sends out 60 people, in other words, expels them, you will shut down our embassy. He says, Flynn says, let's keep this at an even keel level. Then when we come in, we'll have a better conversation where we're going regarding our relationship. And basically, we have to take these enemies on that we have. We definitely have a common enemy. You have a problem with it. We have a problem with it in this country, and we definitely have a problem with it in the Middle East. You see sanctions in there? No, you don't, right? So if you're watching on YouTube and you read ahead, you don't see that either. So we have the transcript of the call where sanctions aren't mentioned. They are actually mentioned by the Ambassador Kislyak, and, and Flynn just gasps on and says, yeah, 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 no, doesn't talk about it at all. He's clearly talking about expelling Russian diplomats and asking for those of you, the liberals who don't understand diplo speak. We expelled Russian diplomats. It was separate from the Russian sanctions. The Obama administration did it. Flynn is saying to the Russian ambassador, please don't expel the people from our embassy because we won't be able to fight the war on terror. We need people in the Russian embassy to do it because we have a common enemy. Did you get that from that? The conservatives and libertarians listening got it. Liberals, probably not so much. So just to be clear, Flynn's concern about expulsions and expelling American diplomats from Russia in response because the war on terror would suffer and that somehow is worthy of his arrest? Of course, if you're a police state liberal, like the you know helpless sellout Nicole Wallace, Matt, I've never heard of before Miller, and obvious corruptocrat Andrew, Andrew Weissman, yeah, that makes perfect sense. Put him in jail. Now, you may say, well, maybe everybody was confused here. Maybe Flynn was confused. And when he was talking about expelling Russian diplomats, he really meant sanctions, Joe. He clearly meant sanctions, hmm. even though they were two separate things. Because, you know, the leftist narrative, Flynn's just not that bright, despite he was a, the fact that he was a brilliant three-star intelligence tactician and lieutenant general in the military. Here's an interview Flynn gave immediately afterwards to the Daily Caller. If before this whole thing went down, in case you're even remotely confused about Flynn being confused. From the Daily Caller, he says, Flynn insisted he crossed no lines in his conversation with Ambassador Kislyak. If I did, believe me, the FBI would be down my throat. My clearance would be pulled. There were no lines crossed. Flynn said there was a brief discussion of the 35 Russian diplomats who were being expelled by Obama in retaliation for Moscow's alleged interference in the 2016 elections. Folks, you understand the disgrace these people are? 
And again, Sally Yates, zero dignity, zero integrity, lying, corruptocrat, Lord Acton warning personified. Power corrupts, absolute power corrupts absolutely. If this woman gets back in government, tyranny is around the corner. She has no dignity, no integrity, not a sliver of adherence to the Constitution, and basically thinks she can throw the rules out the window, weaponize her position to prosecute her political enemies. And she thinks the worst part about it is she thinks she's doing it for the public good. What a joke. What a total disgrace. All right, I've got a lot more. Don't go anywhere. I got the um, some economic numbers, a media poll, and 2016 all over again. Believe it or not, incredible. And hopefully I'll get this thing happening in Maryland too. Our final sponsor today. You know, I love this spot, but at the same time, I have a tough time with it to say it because every time I read it, my mouth starts to water because I'm typically hungry this time and it's just the most delicious food ever. Right now, Omaha Steaks is offering a steakhouse grilling package with an exclusive offer for my listeners. Go to omahasteaks.com, enter promo code Bongino into the search bar. And this week, Omaha Steaks will add four burgers and four gourmet franks free with your order. It's called the Grand Summer Grill Out Package, and it lets you stay at home and eat like you're at the best steakhouse in town. We're talking Omaha Steaks. Eat, folks, listen, bacon-wrapped filet mignon plus pork chops, chicken, kielbasa, and more delivered to your door. Paula picked up what I was putting down there. Smoky sweet bacon, fork tender filet mignon, mouthwater. I have a tough time getting through this spot. I'm not kidding. There we go. All for much less than going out to a restaurant. By the way, they're burgers. If you eat the Omaha Steak burgers, you'll be spoiled for life. You're not going to eat another burger ever. They're that delicious. Juicy, beaming with flavor in every single bite. Visit omahasteaks.com. Go now. Type Bongino, my last name, in the search bar to get this deal today. Listen, it's not just steak. This is the best, most delicious, scrumptious steak of your life. Guaranteed. And don't forget, when you get the Grand Summer Grill Out Package, You'll get four Jumbo Franks and four Omaha Steaks burgers free to complete your steakhouse experience. You're not going to know what you want to eat first. The Franks, the burgers, the steaks, their desserts, all delicious. Go to omahasteaks.com, type Bongino in the search bar. Paula's getting hungry too. She's rubbing her stomach right now. <laughs> get this summer grill pack today. Omahasteaks.com, type Bongino in the search bar. Every order's flash frozen, vacuum sealed, and safely delivered to your uh, door in a cooler with dry ice. That means it's fresher than fresh. OmahaSteaks.com. Type on Gino in the search bar. Don't wait. Have a grill out this weekend. Okay, quick update on the economic numbers because this is obviously is important for your wallet, your future, and your kids. Washington Examiner story up yesterday. Folks, we're expecting record economic growth numbers to pop right before the election. Economic growth numbers, GDP-wise. Now, here's the headline. It's in yesterday's show notes by Jay Heflin. Record economic growth on the way as election approaches. I'll give you good news, bad news. The bad news is obvious. The reason we're going to be looking at estimates are anywhere between 15 to 20% GDP growth. To put that in context, ladies and gentlemen, 15 to 20% GDP growth is about three to seven points higher than the most profound, largest jump in GDP we've ever had, which is about 12.6, 12.9 in American history in one quarter. Now, you may say, well, that sounds really terrific. What's the bad? The bad news is it's because we suffered a you know 30% annualized, annualized, really a 9% quarterly drop in the last quarter, which is obvious because of the plague. 
that plague from China. Obvious, right? They shut down the economy. If you shut down the economy, you can't build stuff. If gross domestic product is built on product, what you produce, again, this is for the liberals, not the conservatives who have a hard time understanding this, uh, and you're not producing anything, you're going to have a big dip. The good news is that under any other administration, largely a liberal one like Obama with their anti-business policies, the economy would have a tough time coming back, not under Trump. His deregulation, his tax cuts, his, his, his allegiance to business and business growth and economic growth and growing your wallet is strong. He wants you to be prosperous. And because we have a relative, relatively lightly regulated economy now under President Trump, you're going to see some pretty deep numbers. They're going to come back pretty heavy. Uh, today, the numbers came out to 1.19 million unemployment benefits, which is lower than expected. Again, bad news, good news. Bad news, 1.19 million people are unemployed this week. The good news is it's far less than expected. It could have been worse. So these numbers are going to come out right before the election. And listen, that, that matters for politics, too. We can't ignore that. You're going to have record economic growth numbers bounce right before people go to the polls. I, I'm, I'm guessing, my guess, again, I hate the predictions business, it's going to be between 18 and 20%. If it's higher than that, I even I'll be stunned. That's a huge, huge number. Okay, uh, moving on. I got a couple of quick stories that I want to get to. Hopefully, this thing that happened in Maryland because it's really bad. It's Joe's uh, home state. Red State article will be in the show notes today. Uh, really worth your time again. Folks, the media's credibility is just flush it down. You know the toilet bowl? <laughs> flush it right down the old bowl. Put a little bit of that bacteria that eats mm -hmm. up all that garbage and you think throw that, you know, cleans up your whole cesspool. Throw that right behind it. Red State, new Gallup poll delivers a devastating indictment of news outlets by an overwhelming majority of respondents. <laughs> Get a load of this. This is why I, I know many of you out there like me really sincerely can't stand the mainstream media because you know they lie. Like the MSNBC clowns yesterday pretending Sally H, you're a rock star, knocked it out of the park. She got caught lying. What are you talking about? Did you watch the same interview with him? So we're all very mad at them. But, you know, we see, uh, you know, uh, George Costanza on CNN, Brian Stelter, Coffee Fetcher, his, his uh, hack buddy, Oliver Darcy, who pretended to be a conservative to get a job. You know, all these losers with no integrity. And we're like, gosh, we can't win. We can't win the media. They do what they want. No, no, you are winning. Listen to this number. So Gallup did a poll. 84% of the respondents to the poll agreed with the statement that the media is to blame in our country for political division. The division. Ladies and gentlemen, you can't get 84% of people to agree on anything. If you take a poll of a bunch of third graders on a Friday and ask them if they want homework over the weekend, you'll probably only get seven out of 10 that'll say no. There's probably three out of 10 studying for a spelling bee. Be like, ma'am, we need homework. I had Sister Ellen in third grade. Sister Ellen, we definitely need homework. You, everybody's looking at me like, wah, 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 wah. I don't care about your spelling bee. It's uh, You can't get 84% of people to agree on anything, except for the fact that the media sucks. That you can get. So I'm just saying, and I wrote here, he who laughs last, laughs the loudest, and you're laughing awfully loud. Because think about this. They have one job, the media, to be trusted, to not get into political spats, and to give you the facts so you can make your own political decisions. And nobody trusts them. This is crazy. This is crazy. They're seeking out actual news, like this show, where we got all the stuff right, where we called the two biggest scandals of this generation right, and the media got it wrong. Spygate and the collusion pee-pee hoax. You're laughing the loudest. The media is a joke. They have one job to get you the facts 
and 84% of people don't trust them to do it and believe they're responsible for the political divisions. This is great news. Moving on, another Red State piece. Red State does good work. I like to cite their stuff a lot. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, it's 2016 all over again. Democrats still can't find Wisconsin. Remember Hillary Clinton decided not to campaign in Wisconsin? That was a great idea. Please don't do that. Um, again, Democrats, I'm begging you, don't go back to Wisconsin, uh, just like you're not now. Uh, Biden gets ripped into next week for deciding not to go to Wisconsin to accept the nomination. <laughs> You know, I, I, I hate to use that expression because everybody screws it up, you know? Remember uh, when George W. Bush did it? You know that one? Uh, fool me once, shame <laughs> yeah. on me. Fool me twice, shame on you or me. Fool me three times, the other guy, shame on me. And nobody ever gets that right. <laughs> Folks, do you realize there's a template for failure for the Democrats in an election against Donald Trump, right? They have a template, 2016, they failed, correct? Hillary Clinton yeah. lost. You know, media folks, you may have missed that. Um, yeah, Joe and I didn't. We were aware of it. But media people may still be unaware that Hillary lost. Um, she lost. And the template for failure was clear. I was going to say this on Hannity last night, but I got lost in another topic. It was important in my appearance last night on the show. Actually, you know, what my, here are my notes last night from Hannity. I actually take some notes before I go on the air. No Wisconsin. Don't visit Wisconsin. So if you wanted it, you have a template for failure, right, Joe? Stay out of Wisconsin. Right. Biden doesn't want to go there to accept the nomination. Over-reliance on polls. Hmm. Sounds kind of like an hour. Joe Biden's winning 51 states. There's only 50. It doesn't matter. He's hmm. winning 51. Right? Over-reliance on polls. Mm -hmm. And extreme overconfidence leading to tactical apathy. Sound familiar? Sound kind of like what's going on now? Yeah. You know what, Paula, can I jump ahead to that political piece? Because that'll make more sense. It's kind of a better, I should have organized this better. Can we do that? Tactical apathy. What do I mean by that? Look at this political art, political article, which sometimes political, even a blind squirrel gets enough. The Joe Biden campaign is knocking on how many doors a week? Clearly thousands, hundreds of thousands. Wouldn't you, Joe? Door knocking, of course, it's very important. Yeah. Uh, Joe Biden, according to Politico, the Biden campaign is knocking on zero doors. Yeah, I, I mean, it's stunning here. They're repeating the exact same mistakes they made in 2016. I mean, this is an absolute template for failure. What was the other mistake in 2016? I told you over-reliance on polls, don't visit swing states like Wisconsin, pretend celebrity endorsements like Katy Perry and Bruce Springsteen, Springsteen actually matter. Uh, listen, they have great voices. I'm not exactly taking my political advice from them. The other one was just forfeit grassroots campaigning altogether and buy a whole bunch of national ads. Well, I have an article up in the show notes again from Politico. As I said, even they sometimes get a story right showing how the Biden campaign is knocking on exactly zero doors. Zero doors. The Trump campaign is knocking on millions of doors, hundreds of thousands of doors, thousands a day, hundreds a day. And the Biden campaign is knocking on zero doors. Ladies and gentlemen, I ran for office in a heavily Democratic district, Maryland Congressional District 6. And let me tell you something. If you don't think door knocking matters, you are absolutely insane and out of your mind. And you should seriously not consider ever running for office. My campaign, we ran in a district. I'll tell you why in a second. I'll just tell you these personal stories because, you know, because they're mine. I tell you because they matter because they speak to a larger strategy. We didn't have the money of my opponent. He was one of the wealthiest members in Congress, John Delaney. He was an incumbent in a hugely Democratic district, a D plus six district that he had won from another incumbent by double digits, close to 20 points. That's how Democratic this district was. We knew we couldn't out fundraise him. 
We knew it. So we decided from day one to get into the race really early and go knock on doors. We knocked on, was it 55,000 doors? I knocked on 7,000 doors myself over a year and a half, a year and, uh, and, and three quarters of a year. It was terrible. It was. It was really hot. It, it was long days, no food. It was nowhere to go to the bathroom. You couldn't, like, you didn't want to drink a lot of water, even though you were all dehydrated. <laughs> we had to put those, like, wet towels around our necks. It, it was weird. We looked like, a, you know, Han Solo from the Hoth planet with these big wet towels around our necks, like, because it was so hot, you would dehydrate. And you have to like calculate the stuff out. Well, there's nowhere to go to the bathroom, so we can't drink any water. It was really that. But we knocked, I knocked on 7,000 doors myself. We won that race on election day. We lost on a questionable absentee count four days later. No one has ever come close since. No one's ever come within single digits of doing what we did. I don't tell you that as a celebratory pat on the back. I tell you that because knocking on doors matter. The political science research is everywhere. And it basically says something like this. When you knock on a door and you meet someone face to face, you know, you're probably not going to change their vote, but you may convince them to not vote for the other guy. Not that you're trying to tell them not to vote, but they may like you enough that they either sit that one out or they vote third party. So if you're knocking on a door, hey, I'm Dan Bongino and it's a Democrat, they may say, you know what? I like that guy. Uh, you know what? I, I like that Trump volunteer that showed up. I'm going to vote either third party or, you know what? This one, I'll, I'm going to sit this one out. Not that you don't want them to vote. You're not discouraging people to vote. I'm just telling you what some of the research says. You're going to get them to not vote against you. Right. Again, maybe they go third party, whatever. They, they write someone else in. They don't like their choices. Door knocking makes a huge difference, ladies and gentlemen. And I'm telling you, the template for a big upset is there again. I'm out of the predictions business. I'm just saying 2016 is repeating itself again. Listen, I want to get quickly to a couple more stories. There's a um, story out of Montgomery County. It's really disappointing, folks. I warned you the other day, Montgomery County, Maryland, they have basically a tyrannical county executive there. Mark Ehrlich, I think his name is. Um, the guy's a tyrant. And because he is in the pocket of the dreadful teachers unions, which has disgraced themselves all over America, again, not the teachers, but the teachers unions totally discredited themselves. Um, the teachers unions are demanding that your kids not be educated. And uh, because they're, you know, run largely public schools, a lot of private schools are not unionized or Catholic schools. They're demanding their competition be shut down too, because that's what teachers unions are. They just, they're in it for the money. They're not in it for the kid. They don't give a damn about your kids right. at all. You see some of the protests in Chicago with the teachers union screaming and yelling like uh, lunatics about uh, safety, safety. There's a way. What are you talking about? You're not, you're not worried about safety, about the, the woman at the checkout counter in Publix down the block. So Mark Ehrlich, uh, tyrant, uh, growing chia pet, sprouting tyrant in uh, Montgomery County, Maryland, a deep blue county, said, no, no, no public schools either because the teachers unions ordered him so and he's a lackey for them. The governor, Republican Governor Larry Hogan, said, no, no, that's not a county order. Uh, they can open those they want. He doubled down and is demanding again that they don't open. Phil Kirpin has a great thread on his social media account on Twitter about how Montgomery County, the number of new cases is actually below that of Maryland. Make no mistake, ladies and gentlemen, this tyranny is coming to your door. It's because teachers unions own, 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 O-W-N, liberal politicians. They don't give a damn about your kids. They want the schools closed. They don't want your kids in school. They're demanding and extorting more money. And they don't want their competition to take away their monopoly on failure because they have failed. 
Public schools in this country, sadly, largely, not all, but many of them are total, complete failure factories despite pumping money into them for decades. The teachers' unions are a disgrace. They don't care about your kids. Don't tell me they care about the kids. There is zero evidence that any of that is true. This is coming to your door, too. It's convenient, by the way, because Montgomery County, you know, with tyrant Mark Ehrlich, allowed daycare to stay open. Daycare, you know, with kids in a closed environment, just not private schools. Tell me again how this is about the kids. It's dangerous. It's not dangerous to daycare workers. What about those kids? They have some kind of special powers. They like X-Men like mutations where they don't uh, get coronavirus. Or is that, is that no, no, we just know kids are not really spreaders of disease because that's what the science says. All right, one last story, and I got to run. We're going to do this uh, taping with Sean Hannity for the interview show. Don't miss. Check it out on our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Bongino. You're really going to like it. Ask him about his new book, Live Free or Die. So you'll see a story up in the show notes today, but in the Washington Examiner about Andrew Weissman, Mueller's bulldog. Yeah. We call him his pit bull. Yeah, <laughs> pit bull. You always get these fancy <laughs> nicknames when they're liberals, of course. Andrew Weissman wrote an op-ed um, incredibly amazingly asking justice department officials who work for the department of justice now not to cooperate with the Durham probe. Ladies and gentlemen, may I ask you a question? Uh, how is Andrew Weissman not being investigated for obstruction of justice right now? Can you imagine if Donald Trump or the white house? Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. 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 Penned an op-ed. Can you imagine this? Donald Trump penned an op-ed demanding department of justice officials not cooperate with the Mueller probe. There would be calls for the guillotine right now. Donald Trump would have been impeached six or seven times over. But Andrew Weissman, who worked for Mueller, is demanding because he wants to, because he knows Andrew Weissman, he ran a case that had no evidence against Donald Trump of Russian collusion at all. They had the translator notes, the January 2017 briefing. They had the text, the Peter Stroke text. Weissman knows he was involved in a corrupt investigation from the start about a collusion PP hoax that never happened. Weissman's trying to avoid accountability. He's running scared because that's who Weissman is. He's a panic coward. And frankly, he's a punk. He is. He's an abusive individual who was pretty much, from what I hear from my DOJ context, was hated everywhere he worked. And Andrew Weissman right now is trying to get Justice Department officials not to cooperate to keep himself possibly out of some criminal or civil liability himself. It's really disgusting. Mm. The DOJ needs to investigate Weissman today. Don't wait today for obstruction of justice. All right, folks, thanks again for tuning in. I really appreciate it. Please subscribe to our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Bonginos, where you subscribe. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts to the audio podcast as well. We always appreciate it. And again, don't miss my interview with Sean Hannity. Uh, we'll be launching it uh, probably Saturday morning on the channel, so look out for that. It's going to be really good coming up in just a little bit. See you tomorrow. Thanks for tuning in. You just heard Dan Bongino.